0: This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. I'm torn about doing these topics because distracted driving is a huge concern. I mean, a lot of people are saying it's a bigger issue than driving under the influence. And a part of me when we talk about this, I always end up getting some texts and I think, uh, oh. I got to watch how I'm sending this message out. But we get texts from people saying, why are you talking about stopping distracted driving? And yet you encourage people to call in or text into your show. I want to be clear from the get go here is that obviously I want you to be able to be part of this conversation, whether it's by phoning or texting but I always want you to be able to do it when it's safe to do so. And if that means pulling over to the side of the road so you can be part of this conversation, great. So just to be clear, I, as a driver, I keep my phone in my backpack, in the back seats. It's, you know, I'm, I don't use my phone while I'm driving. I'm not trying to be holier than thou, but I just know that in the years of broadcasting and as cell phones came on the scene, we knew that it was going to become a big part. So a big part of really our poor driving and our dangerous driving habits. And that's why I always like to be able to spend some time on distracted driving. And it's always great to hear from you because you're out there on the roads as well. And uh, you know what you see. And also, maybe you can also share how difficult it is for you to put the phone away. Uh, The reason I want to bring it up this hour is because it was on the weekend that the uh, National Post talked about... um, Um, let's see, from Federal Minister, Transport Minister, rather, Mark Garneau. He is sending out to all the provinces that he really is encouraging provinces to toughen the laws aimed at distracted drivers. Now, this is the Federal Transport Minister saying this, understanding that it really is up to individual provinces as to how they will handle distracted driving. When it gets into the federal area, that would be the criminal code. And we already have dangerous driving on the books. It doesn't seem like a lot of police services want to go that far, but I'm wondering if we almost have to do that. We have to have more people charged with dangerous driving. And we've had guests on before talking about how difficult it is to get a conviction on dangerous driving, the evidence, the proof that you have to show that that person was, in fact, using the cell phone and it was dangerous driving. So, Mark Garneau, though, is saying when he looks across the provinces, there is a wide variety of penalties. Uh, Most of them come with, for sure, fines, and most of them are all also coming with demerit points. But the question is, is that doing enough to stop distracted driving? So we've had the conversation before, but this time I want to bring in another angle. Dr. David Strayer, he's a professor of cognitive and neural science at Utah University, joining us today. Hello, Dr. Strayer.
1: Good afternoon. How are you?
0: I'm well, and and the reason I wanted to talk to you is because of your your work in the area of humans and how our attention can be divided very quickly and that we're probably... Would you agree or disagree we're not great multitaskers?
1: I mean, the evidence is really clear that just uh, we're not very good at it. We, uh, we think we're good at it, but the vast majority of people fail when they try and multitask. They miss lights. They you know, type the wrong thing. They just, they just, uh, they're just not as attentive as they normally would be. It's just the way, way the brain works.
0: Now I want you to focus more on the multitasking and your research when it comes to driving and multitasking and what have you found?
1: Well, I mean, we find that, uh, frankly, uh, at the fingertips of a driver are just a ton of different distractions. Uh, the smartphone and all the features that it allows, uh, talking, texting, interacting on social media um, – they basically have just really put the driver uh, at a real disadvantage because they think that they could multitask they, and maybe could actually do it if they're sitting at a desk. But now the temptation to do it while they're driving uh, just becomes uh, overwhelming, and they, uh, they send that text. They uh, post a like on Facebook. They do all kinds of things that they ought not do. And then you couple that with new cars that uh, actually embellish that by actually uh, taking that Bluetooth connectivity and making the car an extension of the phone, and it's just a recipe for distracted driving.
0: And even when we're talking about hands-free or the Bluetooth, you're saying that still is a distraction with our brains when we should be focusing just on the road?
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's handheld or hands-free, the brain's distracted in both cases. There's no evidence that one's safer than the other. Uh, And when they have laws that say that uh, you could do one but the other, that's just misguided in terms of the science.
0: What is it, though, about that phone and maybe what's happening in our brains that we feel the need to to stay connected or to check what's on our phone?
1: (laughs) The biggest thing, really is that that phone connects you with your social network. Um, And so your friends, your family, all kinds of cool stuff that's going on. Um, And that's very rewarding. So when studies have started to look at the the parts of the brain that uh, are really sensitive to reward, what happens is you're getting this burst of dopamine that says, answer the phone, answer the phone. And so it's extremely difficult. It's the same neurotransmitter system that's responsible for addicted gambling. Um, If that phone is beside you, uh, it's going to be extremely difficult. You mentioned you kept your phone in the purse, uh, that's, a, that's a first step and maybe for some people it needs to be in the trunk. If it's at their fingertips, that stimulus, is that, that ringing phone, the text message coming in, the Facebook post or Snapchat or who knows what, those things are so tempting that people simply can't not look at it and then, then you have you know, increasing crashes.
0: David, I know you're also struggling with a cold, so thanks so much for um, even spending some time with us as you, you work through that cold. So we've got the dopamine. Uh, I'm, I want to pick up my phone just to see what my friends are doing, or even if it does ring, I know that would be obviously sort of that Pavlov's dog theory. But what about we're just bored? Uh, and I, I wonder how many times people just, no one, it hasn't even clicked, nothing's, no one's phoning me. I just pick up the phone to see what's happening.
1: I mean, uh, we've engineered our roads to be boring. Uh, They're straight. They're divided highways. Uh, The vast majority of driving is not very stimulating, and so there's also that extra temptation to try and just add a little, uh, you know, uh, stimulation, add some spice to your life um, just because the roads are somewhat more dangerous. And what we do know is that if the roadways start to get icy or you're on a curvy section of road, you're much less tempted to pick up the phone but uh for other reasons trying to make the roads safer we've kind of engineered those roads so the routes oftentimes are pretty boring
0: yeah so there's the boredom of the roads and then we've got going back to vehicles and all the technical gadgets but also the the cars now do so much for us as well how does that play into our our lack of focus on the roads
1: I mean, part of the thing is that uh, it, we're. Uh, if you have not had a chance to look at a brand new car, you ought to take a look at it because it's just an explosion of technology. Huge screens, voice-based technology, heads-up displays, gesture-based controls. Yeah, the, the, the car is almost like a spaceship in terms of the technology that is at the driver's fingertips. The problem is that we wouldn't typically let a pilot of a plane have all that kind of distraction but we let people who are driving have all that source those sorts of distractions so the car itself in terms of just the electronics and the backup screens and the the touch screens and everything uh, are kind of stimulus overload and then you add on to it that the cars themselves are starting to have more uh, autonomous features so yeah. the car will stay in its lane it will have adapted cruise control uh, In many cases, those things are just even more making it so that the driver uh, doesn't have to pay attention and and the car will kind of correct for uh, lapses in attention.
0: And even something as simple as the uh, backup beeper or sensor in my car. You know, there was a time when you had to be really attentive to how far that car car behind you was. Now I just sort of wait for the beep, beep, beep. So I can imagine people in that time even can find themselves doing something else, just waiting to hear uh, the sensor go off and, oh, okay, I'm too close. To that car.
1: Yeah, you think that's a good example. You'd think that, hey, I put this backup camera in the car and it's got some uh, sensors so I can see how close cool I'm coming, coming to something. That should really seriously reduce the number of uh, accidents. What we do is we see, and we're just changing one accident for another. So people will look at their backup camera, but they won't, won't look over their shoulder to see if there's cars or, or pedestrians kind of uh, approaching from the side. And so we're just changing one type of crash for another oftentimes it just hasn't had as a good example of that technology seems to make a lot of sense but because of the way we humans uh, use that technology uh... we are just shifting how we attend when we're backing up
0: all right david i want to take a break here you can grab a good glass of water and then afterwards though is there a way to rewire our brains and are we going through almost a withdrawal if we try to keep our phones away from us, especially while we're driving. Dr. David Strayer is my guest this half hour. He's a professor of cognitive and neural science at Utah University and talking about how we have to change our habits when it comes to driving and especially being distracted with our phones. I'm Angela Cocot. You're listening to Calgary Today. Back after this. I know we've talked about distracted driving before, but I really think this is one of those topics that I have to, I almost uh, have a public service to be able to raise this every six months because we still hear about the tragedies that occurred. And even when I was looking at one study, they say, it showed that nearly 80% of collisions, 65% of near collisions involved some form of driver inattention. Up to three seconds prior to the event. My guest this half hour is Dr. David Strayer. He's a professor of cognitive and neural science, University of Utah. And uh, David, I'm sure when I, I throw out those kind of numbers, you're not surprised to hear the 80 percent of collisions and 65 percent of near collisions involved some form of driver inattention.
1: No, I mean, I mean, I'm just. Disturbed by it, because uh, it 's pretty alarming that we have uh, people who are on the road that are that distracted, and in fact, not only that but we 're starting to see uh, significant uh, increases in the number of fatalities on the roadway for the longest time. cars being safer kind of masked uh, the the c- kinds of distraction, but with more people bringing their phones into the car, um, just we 're starting to see more and more fatal crashes and injury related crashes that are um, at least uh, part of it is the fact that the driver 80% of the time is just not paying attention just before the crash.
0: Now, I know I'm talking to you uh, from Utah. Is your state doing enough? Because this is the, the reason I even wanted to bring this up. Our, our federal government is saying that provinces have to do even more to be able to get people to stop using their phones while they're driving. What, what are you seeing in the U.S., especially when it comes to enforcement and consequences, I guess?
1: Right, so you have to start with uh, the laws that are correct, and so uh, if you have a hands-free law that lets you talk on a hands-free phone but not a handheld, that law is misguided, won't really be very much of a safety benefit. Uh, But if you have laws that pretty much say, you know, don't use these distracting technologies while you're driving, and then they're enforced, uh, that turns out to be kind of the big uh, equation in kind of making the roads safer. Uh, for the most part, we in the U.S., uh, are not doing as much to enforcement as, uh, as we should. Um, there have been a couple of high publicized cases where, uh, they went in and had a real saturated, uh, uh effort to enforce the laws that were on the books, and it drove down, uh, cell phone, uh, related, uh, incidents, uh, by a huge amount, I think like 70 some percent. So it's possible, uh, just like we have gotten serious with, gotten serious with, uh, drinking and driving, where we don't, we don't uh, kind of turn a blind out of that, uh, if our enforcement efforts were equally targeted towards distracted driving, um, that would actually really have a, a significant impact in making the road safer. Uh, well, at the end of the day, if someone's uh, killed by a distraction-related crash, you know, it doesn't really matter if it's a distraction-related related crash or, you know, whether the person was intoxicated, there's a loss of life. Uh, so I think ultimately we need to look at what are the real risks? And to what extent can we do things like enforcement that would actually make it so that uh, we treat things that are equivalent in terms of risk, similarly in terms of their enforcements and penalties?
0: And, you know, there is that side, but I almost wonder if we... Because even when you talk about drunk driving, uh, there has been a huge shift in people who have designated drivers because there's been an awareness campaign for the last 20 years at least. And I, I think that is finally paying off in dividends when it comes to people not getting behind the wheel after they've been drinking. Do we have to do even more when it comes to distracted driving for raising that awareness?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we do. I mean, part of it is that uh, we've had about a 50% decline in the total number of accident-related fatalities over the about the 20 to 30-year time frame. And much of that is because of a zero-tolerance policy in terms of drinking and driving. You know, 30 years ago, people would kind of joke about, you know, how they didn't know how they got home from the party mm-hmm. the night before. Uh, you never hear those conversations anymore. That kind of behavior has been stigmatized. When we could actually get to the point where someone says, that text that you were sending, hey, you almost ran me over. You were doing it in the school zone and you almost threatened my kids because of this because of this uh, kind of behavior. When that becomes stigmatized and we kind of enforce it similarly, um, we're likely to make the road safer.
0: Now you have to tell me about trying to give it up because is it, when we talked about the dopamine, Is it an addiction? Is it hard for people to be able to stay away from their phone for the 20 minutes or hour drive that they are in the car?
1: So, uh, researchers debate whether it's an addiction or a compulsion. I think for Mm -hmm. some people it probably crosses the line and is clearly an addiction. For some people they may just use it a fair amount, maybe they're trying to relieve boredom. But here's one statistic from the UK that kind of tells me that it's it's a different type of technology. 18% 18% of people, when they were having intimate relationships with their partner, interrupted that to check a text message. Oh. Um, so this is – think about that. I mean, that, that kind of uh, uh, attractiveness with respect to technology uh, is so powerful that a poor driver, you know, if that phone's right there in front of them, they're very likely to kind of pick it up. It's, it's hard not to.
0: That doesn't say much for your sex life. Um, Okay, (laughs) so then, David, how do you go about doing it? I mean, I I was saying, can we rewire our brains that we don't need that dopamine hit?
1: Um, No. If if that phone's right next to you, you're likely to look Mm. at it. Um, So what I think you really need to do is you need to provide scaffolding so that you don't. Leave the phone in your purse. Put it in the trunk. Put it in the glove box. Um, make a committed effort not to look at it. And it's not easy to do. I know if you're uh, running late for a meeting or uh, your, your kids might be calling for some reason, uh, it's, it's awfully difficult not to pick up that phone and look at it. But you're really impaired when you're uh, talking or texting or interacting with social media. So Um, And because that dopamine hit is so powerful, I mean, it's the same neurotransmitter system that uh, is involved with cocaine. It's a very powerful uh, neurotransmitter system for regulating our reward circuits. And so, um, no, you can't just leave that phone right at your fingertips, and it's going to be extremely difficult not to touch it.
0: Wow. All right, Dr. David Strayer, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. All right. Dr. Strayer, he is out of the University of Utah, specializing in cognitive and ural science. Let's take a break for news. I'm getting lots of texts. I want to also open up the phone lines, 403-974-8255. When it is safe to do so, and I know at this point in our province, when it comes to laws, you can use hands-free devices. That is still legal. So if we can have the conversation, but I want to make sure you're as focused on the road as possible. Better yet, it'd be great if you're at home and you're calling me from home or the office, wherever it is, but uh, I want to have this conversation. I'm Angela Cocot. You're listening to Calgary Today. Back after this. Calgary Today with Angela Cocott weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does.